Welcome to Strong Not Starving. My name is Marcus Kane, and if you want to beat binge eating and create a new dynamic with food, exercise, and self-image, you're in the right place. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for medical advice. So the holidays are coming along with a ton of food-related occasions and festivities, so I'm going to give you my top two tips for handling holiday food without binging, plus something else that's going to be actually really, really important, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Quickly before we jump in, my new mini course, Identify Your Binge Triggers and Take Preemptive Action, is still available for the price of a round of drinks for the month of November. And here's something you might not have heard, I'll be adding an additional bonus module to the end of the course at the end of November that will directly answer questions from everyone who's done the course and submitted questions by November 27th. So if you have the course already, you may have noticed that there's no like summary module yet at the end of the course. This is because the summary module will be something that I put together by answering questions that come straight from you. So if you haven't already, grab the course. There will be a link in the episode description. Check out the content. Send your questions to me before November 27th by replying to one of my emails or DMing me on Instagram. And the answer to your questions will be delivered to you in the form of the final yet to be released course module. Now, with that said, let's get into today's episode. These two tips are the two that live front and center in my own mind during the holiday season or any special occasion that involves food. You're probably seeing a myriad of tips and tricks flying around social media at the moment, so I'm going to keep it simple here. If you nail these two things, you're going to be like 99.9% of the way there, in my opinion, anyway. So let's get straight into it. Number one. Don't arrive hungry to family occasions or festivities or parties or things of any description that involve food. Don't don't do that thing where we're like, I'm going to eat really light the previous day and then I'm going to skip breakfast and I'm going to save it all for the don't do that. Please. I think (laughs) this is probably self-explanatory at this point, but when we're hungry, we just don't make good decisions eat a decent breakfast, eat a decent mid-morning snack before you arrive at grandma's house. And she starts presenting you with this just giant table full of things. Please don't arrive hungry. (laughs) Even at the stage of things where I'm at now, where I haven't struggled with binge eating for a very, very long time, like, like half a decade at this point, there is still a high likelihood that I'm going to overeat if I arrive somewhere where there's a ton of amazing food and I'm literally fucking starving. Like, do yourself a favor, shift the odds in your favor and don't arrive hungry. Tip number two, again, a super important one. If you find yourself at holiday related festivities and you feel momentum building surrounding eating, Make the kind of food you eat on holidays more available and stop bringing the cheat day mentality to special occasions. We need to be able to honestly tell ourselves while eating, everything's cool, I can stop at any time because I can always have more later or tomorrow. I can't tell you how many times that saved me as I was finding my way out of binge eating, that knowledge, like telling myself, it's cool, I can stop at any time because I can always have more later or tomorrow. You know, 
Self-imposed scarcity is just like pouring gasoline on the fire of binge eating. But, okay, here's the but. And this is the important thing, like the extra that I mentioned at the start. As helpful as these reminders are, I know it's not that simple. I know there are a lot of you feeling really stuck. Stuck between being unhappy with where you're at, but also feeling a lot of apprehension about reaching out for help or making any changes. Like there's something reassuring and safe about what's familiar, even if it's a miserable familiar, and there's something anxiety-inducing about unknown territory, even if there's all probability that unknown territory is a path to fulfillment and peace and freedom. Of course, I'm talking about the familiar territory of being hyper-controlling, surrounding our diet and exercise habits versus the unfamiliar territory of letting go. Because this is the thing, when it comes to finding that fulfillment, that peace and that freedom from issues with food and self-image, needing to know exactly how you'll get there and exactly what the finished product will look like is stopping you from making progress towards that life you want, towards that fulfillment, towards that peace, towards that freedom. Let me say that again, feeling like you need to know exactly how you'll get there and exactly what the finished product will look like, that is stopping you from finding fulfillment, peace, and freedom. And here's the thing, I know so many of you, I was as well, but so many of you are focused on your body's weight and shape that the moment I said that, a little voice in your head said something along the lines of, are you saying that I need to let myself get fat? And no, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that fixating on trying to control your weight and shape in the way that you have been and in the way that you might be trying to do that right now is closing doors of opportunity for you. Creating a new life free from the burdens of issues with food and self-image, the key is in the word create. Creativity is a process of flow and discovery. Like trying to control every step and control the exact outcome is usually what gets us into trouble with dieting and self-image in the first place. So if we want a different result, we need to change some fundamental ingredients, not just some surface level habits. We need to be able to take whatever possible steps that we can grasp while maintaining a degree of faith that the next step will make itself clear only when we complete the one that we're currently on. But the need to anticipate exactly what every step is going to look like ahead of time, exactly what the future will look like, is just anxiety manifesting as the need for control over things that we can't influence yet because those things aren't here yet. Trying to know everything ahead of time and control exactly where things are going to go. Doing this is like trying to plan a conversation with someone before they're standing in front of you. Like trying to figure out exactly what you'll say and anticipate all their answers so that you have the perfect responses ready. Have you ever done that? I know I definitely have. And upon reflection, really, how does that usually work out? right? Does that conversation ever go as you planned? I don't know about you, but I can't think of a single time I've tried to plan a conversation in advance and it's gone exactly as I thought it would. Like, can we go into certain conversations with intention 
and a general vibe and some ideas. Yeah, sure. That's just kind of smart. But when it comes to planning exactly what you'll say and then trying to predict exactly what the other person will say, like it that it's just that's usually a clusterfuck. But that's what we're doing when we're trying to be really controlling over the path forward. We're trying to predict things that can't be predicted. We're trying to control things that can't be controlled. And when we realize that we can't control things in the way that we want to, we stay stuck in that miserable, familiar territory. Instead of needing to know everything ahead of time, we need to believe that we have what it takes to handle a few curveballs. Like, This isn't about having faith in the universe or some kind of higher power unless you are so inclined, but it's more so about having faith that you have the ability to take steps as they become clear and pivot around challenges to turn them in your favor. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, it might be bringing up some apprehension, like the idea of letting go to this degree could be bringing up different degrees of apprehension or anxiety, depending on your experience surrounding this. But have you ever found yourself in a situation that you're profoundly pleased with, profoundly happy with, without it being exactly what you expected? I'd put 50 quid on the fact that not everything that you've experienced in your life that's positive has come from a place of you diligently planning and controlling every variable that led to that point. Like, sure, there's usually some intention involved. We don't just kind of stumble through life and hope that we land somewhere good. We do certain things to exert what power we have on influencing different results and different situations. So there is intention. There is some work involved. But how often do things turn out in a really positive way exactly as you've expected? And when you think back to some of the best times you've had in the past, some of your best moments, some of your best situations, I'd be willing to bet that 50 quid again that some of that was due to the chips just falling where they may. So there's always a balance here. I'm not just talking about chaos. Again, I can't stress that enough. I'm not not just talking about throwing all the cards in the air and going, woo, let's see what happens. But Fulfillment and peace and happiness is possible if we can let go of trying to predict or control exactly what that might look like for each one of us. But bringing this back to the whole food conversation, you know, because I'm a nutrition coach, not a fucking philosopher. The illusion of total control when it comes to food is a cage. It's kind of like working with animals. The most talented people out there who work with animals know that the idea of a dictatorship of total control is laughable and that achieving incredible things is about trust and communication, cultivating the right environment, flexibility, healthy boundaries, good company and common goals. I know it's hard to imagine what that might look like if your relationship with yourself and food has always been about the fight for control. But this is what I mean when I talk about letting go of the need to know exactly what the finished product looks like. When I was in the worst years of my time spent struggling with food and self-image, if someone had told me, hey, I can all but guarantee you'll be happy and fulfilled in ways you never thought possible if you can let go of your current expectations of what that has to look like, 
I would have followed that up with conditions, you know, like I would have said, okay, but as long as I look like this or okay, but as long as I'm living in this particular place or okay, but as long as I have this much money in the bank, but that's not the deal, is it? Like the price of entry to a life you never imagined you could have is the courage to let go of the old one. And that doesn't mean you'll be forced to let go of things that are genuinely good from your old life. It's just about that willingness to let go and trust that the things that are genuinely serving you will come with you and the things that maybe aren't doing you any favors will get left behind. So as you approach the holiday season, remember, don't arrive hungry, remove self-imposed scarcity around food. Remember, I can always have some more later or tomorrow and that we can't fit through the door to a new life while carrying baggage from the old one. My name's Marcus Kane. This was Strong Not Starving. The link to my new mini course, Identify Your Binge Triggers and Take Preemptive Action, is in the episode description, and I'll see you next week.